Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome to the Caixin Seneca Business Brief, brought to you by China. Each week... We bring you a roundup from the world of business in China from Caixin, China's authority on business and financial news, as well as interviews with Caixin Global reporters and editors. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Seneca Podcast. It's been a roller coaster week for China's business world. China's top regulator has quashed reports of an ant group IPO revival. Meanwhile, the Chinese defense minister has warned it is prepared to wage war if anyone backs Taiwan independence. And fresh COVID cases have been confirmed in Beijing and Shanghai. That's just days after loosening virus restrictions and declaring their outbreaks under control. With all the most important updates from the world's most populous nation, here's what's been going down in the past seven days. And we start with the fintech giant Ant Group. China's top securities regulator said it is not working on a revival of Ant Group's listing plan. In a statement last week, the regulator said it is not conducting a review and research work for an IPO for the company. The regulator also said it supports qualified platform companies to sell shares at home and abroad. Likewise, Ant Group said it has no plans to restart an IPO while working with regulators on business restructuring. The watchdog's remarks contrast with a news report that spurred a surge in stockholder Alibaba's shares. Bloomberg reported Thursday that Chinese financial regulators started early-stage discussions on a potential reboot of the Ant Group offering, citing people familiar with the matter. There have been more developments when it comes to China's low-carbon transition. The Asian giant is launching a pilot program for companies to issue transition bonds that fund their green transformation efforts amid the country's decarbonization drive. Companies in eight sectors, including electricity, construction materials, and civil aviation, can issue such bonds in the interbank market to help them shift to greener modes of operation. That's according to a recent notice published by NAFMII, a self-regulatory body of the interbank bond market under the central bank. Transition bonds are a relatively new kind of debt designed to help emission-intensive sectors decarbonize. 
They are part of China's broader efforts to meet its ambitious dual carbon goals of peaking carbon emissions by 2030 and achieving carbon neutrality by 2060. Financial regulators in the world's largest carbon dioxide emitter have been working on various ways for finance to support the green transition, including carbon markets and green financing. For those of you who thought you had it tough in your college days, you may want to think again. Some Chinese universities have required students to provide employment agreements before allowing them to graduate. Several fresh graduates told Caixin that at their colleges, an employment agreement is needed before they can participate in thesis defense and receive their diplomas and possible accolades. Some students said that. In light of these challenges, they had no choice but to provide false proof for the sake of graduating. In fact, some businesses are offering the service of arranging fake employment agreements. A seller at the e-commerce site Taobao told Caixin that just for the equivalent of fifteen dollars, a graduate can sign an agreement online with an agreement seller and get his document. For double that amount, the service provider will help handle a follow-up phone call from educational authorities. Also making the headlines this week is the debate over single women's rights to assisted reproductive treatments. The discussion was reignited after the details of a recent landmark case came to light. The case was all about how a widow, surnamed Zhou. Successfully sued a hospital after it refused to perform a frozen embryo transfer. As part of its decision, the hospital had cited China's ban on such treatment for single women. However, in April, a court ruled that the hospital should carry out the treatment for Zhou, noting it has considered legal and ethical factors before reaching the judgment. The result has led courts to differently handle cases involving widows. Who are usually considered single, but not in the same category as unmarried women. The debate on single women's rights to treatments like in vitro fertilization and embryo transfer has intensified as more Chinese women either stay single or get married at an older age. This has become a major factor contributing to the country's low fertility rate, which could hurt future economic growth. Things have been looking rather thorny between Beijing and Washington. That's as the two economic powers have clashed over Taiwan. On Sunday, China's defense minister explicitly warned the U.S. that it will go to war to defend its sovereignty over Taiwan if quote, anyone dares to try to split the island from the Chinese mainland. Addressing the Shangri-La security dialogue in Singapore, China's defense minister Wei Fenghe said. Quote, If anyone dares to help Taiwan to secede from China, we will not hesitate to fight. We will fight at all costs, and we will fight to the very end. Citing the American Civil War, which resulted in reunification, Wei said, "Taiwan is China. Period. The Taiwan question is China's internal affair." He said that China will quote, "resolutely crush any attempts of Taiwan independence to realize its own reunification." In other news, China has undertaken a major reshuffle of state media executives and regulators of its publicity system. The changes have come ahead of the 20th National Congress of the ruling Communist Party, an important political gathering during which 
a major shakeup of the country's top leadership will take place. Last week, the National Radio and Television Administration updated information about its leadership on its website, revealing that a deputy head of the Party Central Committee's Publicity Department has become the director and party secretary of the administration. A day earlier, the Ministry of Human Resources announced that the State Council, China's cabinet, has also replaced the president of the state-run Xinhua News Agency. Since the start of the year, the party's publicity department, which supervises the country's media personnel, including journalists and editors, has made several personnel changes. And finally, COVID cases are creeping back up in Beijing and Shanghai. The news comes mere days after the two major cities relaxed their virus controls and declared the outbreaks to be under control. Beijing and Shanghai are now reviving disease control measures, including mass testing, after new community outbreaks were detected. According to Bloomberg, the quick escalation adds to concerns that China's COVID-0 strategy may send cities into repeated lockdowns and reopenings, given the high transmissibility of the Omicron variant, making a sustainable economic recovery unlikely. Let's turn now to Caixin Financial News reporter Yu Kun Zhang to talk about one of the major stories in the news. Welcome, Yu Kun. Thanks for having me here. Thanks for making the time. So this week, we're going to be talking about mass COVID testing, which we just mentioned in the previous story, which is one of the main tools, of course, that China is using in its efforts to combat the pandemic. Can you explain how mass testing is carried out? Sure. So here's what usually happens. When there is a COVID outbreak or even just a flare-up, the local government usually asks everyone in the city or in the district to take COVID tests. The local authority would also order any positive cases as well as their close contacts to go into a designated quarantine center. Housing complexes are locked down if they have been the site of a virus transmission. The authorities usually repeat the procedure every 48 hours for two more rounds to try to break their chains of transmission. And what we've been seeing happening now is that many cities are requiring people to regularly get tested and show test results to enter certain public places. These local governments want to find out infections as early as possible so they can act immediately and avoid lockdowns. The frequency of testing varies from 48 hours to 7 days. Mass testing regularly where you have millions of people in a city must be just a huge operation, a gigantic undertaking, really expensive, and it requires just a ton of manpower, I imagine. Can you talk about what's actually involved? You definitely need a lot of manpower to pull off such an operation, like hundreds of thousands of people. Analysts of Suzhou Securities, a brokerage, estimated that if all of the 505 million people in China's first and second tier cities need to be tested every 72 hours, 150,000 sample collectors and 210,000 lab technicians would be needed. But if you want everyone to do the tests more frequently, you need an even bigger team. The same brokerage estimated that uh, testing all of the 505 million people every 48 hours would require 530,000 sample collectors and 730,000 lab technicians. And it's definitely not cheap. The same brokerage also estimated that testing those people every 48 hours would cost as much as 
or five trillion yuan. That is more than two hundred billion U.S. dollars, and is equivalent to one point three percent of China's GDP, and seven point two percent of the country's general public budget revenue last year. The estimation was based on the average testing price of sixteen yuan per test. That being said, China's authorities recently announced that mass testing should cost no more than three point five yuan per test. And many cities ask people to test every 72 hours instead of 48 hours. When one test costs 3.5 yuan and people get tested every 72 hours, the annual cost would be about 210 billion yuan or 30 billion U.S. dollars. And in fact, the authorities also announced today that testing should not be regular in places without an outbreak or in low-risk places. That is a lot of money. I mean, though, yeah, a lot of savings if you can bring the cost down as low as they're, they're imagining and, and decrease the frequency of testing. But I wanted to ask you about when things go wrong, unreliable results, human error, that that sort of thing. Accidents do happen.、Um, China uses polymerase chain reaction tests, known as PCR tests.、Um, these tests are considered the most reliable COVID tests, but there can still be errors. Uh, the results can be false if collectors fail to collect enough samples from field swabs, lab technicians mishandle the tubes, or when there's contamination in the lab. Aside from that, there have also been cases where testing companies didn't test all the samples re- they received, or diluted the samples to save time or costs. In fact, Beijing authorities launched investigations into three local testing companies. For illegal practices last month, and three local health officials were also probed over links to one of the fraud cases. Okay, thank you, Quinn. Thank you. And finally, have you had your test today? I will have to. <laughs> well, that's good and responsible of you. And that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. The Caixin Seneca Business Brief is produced by Kaiser Guo and Nadine Vincata, with stories from the staff of Caixin Global. Special thanks to Li Xin of Caixin Global. Thanks to Spring and Autumn for the music. Check out some of the other great podcasts in the Seneca Network, like the amazing China in Africa podcast and China Corner Office. And for daily news and views, make sure to subscribe to SubChina Access for our daily newsletter. Find us at subchina.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Take care. <laughs>